You are listening to sermon audio from Grace Community Church of Gresham, Oregon. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net. talking about the book of Luke. I wanted to show you guys something. I wasn't planning on doing this, but let me pull my glasses out. I had another birthday this week. I'm head sliding into 50 here. So, um, but yeah, I was, as, as this morning, I was just looking through a couple articles and I ran across this article that again, just reminded me how, um, how solid our, our new Testament is and the scriptures are. Um, and many of you guys are familiar with this, but, but Colleges all over the country, man, they teach Aristotle, they teach Plato, they teach Pliny, remember that guy? They teach, um, you know, all these ancient um, texts, and they just, they, they take them as, yeah, I mean, no, no one questions them. I mean, the, the interesting thing is, is like, you start looking at these, these manuscripts, and so like, like Plato, you know, there's like, there's like seven seven manuscripts from way back when, and Pliny, there's like, there's like two um, let, let's, there's some, there's some good tacticus. There's like 20 from the Roman age. And then, then Homer's Iliad. I mean, that, that's a classic. And they, there's a ton of those manuscripts that, that, that say the same things. There's like 641 of those. And then you come to the New Testament and there's like over 5,600, uh, texts that are all saying the same thing, that, that are corroborating the message of the New Testament. And why I share that with you is because as we've been going through Luke, I, I've been reminded that it's possible to have facts and evidence right in front of you and you can still not hear what the facts and evidence say. It's entirely possible. And I've got another confession to make. I got a confession to make. Um, I've got a confession to make. I'm not a great listener. I, I'm just, I, I, I'm not. My wife, yeah, big surprise. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think she reminded me of that this week. God bless her, she helps me. Um, but but I, I mean, I can talk all day long. And I remember even as a kid, I was referred to sometimes as motor mouth, not the most affectionate of terms, but certainly, the, of certainly accurate. I mean, I can run it. And um, amen. amen, okay, see? Now, I'll tell you, you know who is a good listener? I'm going to put these over here. I might need them. Uh, Pastor Jay. And I know some of you guys think, well, he's your boss. You're buttering him up, Clint. No, a couple reasons. Number one, I don't butter people up. And number two, he's not even here. So he's gone this weekend. But, but he really listens well. And I've learned, I've learned from him. And I'm growing in that, right, sweet? I'm growing, okay? I'm working at it. And, but we know listening is absolutely important. It's important in relationships. It's important in our business and, and friendships. And I think maybe it's, it's, it's most crucial when it comes to hearing the word of God. And the reason I say that is because we serve a God who speaks. Now, we all know the, the dude who's like, hey, man, I connect with God out in the woods. Great. So do I. I, I get that. But there's only so much you can learn from what we call general revelation. God is a God who speaks to us. And, and through his word, we learn who he is, who we are, and this world we find ourselves in. So in Hebrews, we have things like this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. So God sends his son to, to proclaim, and, and his son is the word, 
And, and so God speaks to us, and so it's important that we listen. For thousands of years, the Jewish people have had this text as a bedrock to their prayers. Every morning, every evening, it's called the Shema. It literally means to hear or to listen. And so hear, listen, Israel. The Lord is the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and it goes on. Man, love the Lord. Teach your kids about the Lord. When you go through your day, remember the Lord. And I think, I think that text is crucial because as people, we don't listen well generally. I know you guys left me up on my own to die on that one, but some of you don't listen well either. Right? We don't listen well. And and in the context of this verse, um, sometimes we we forget when things get good. Okay, or, or when things get bad, we, we, we forget the things that we've heard. And so it's absolutely crucial that we listen well to the word of God. And today's text is all about hearing God's word. We've been in the book of Luke. This is Luke chapter 8. Um, there's a lot of verses, so I'm going to read through them kind of quickly, and then we're going to dive in. But let me pray. I'll read these, and let's see what hearing the word of God is all about. So let's pray. Father... Thank you that you have given us your word, and you didn't have to do that. Thank you that you've spoken, and I just ask plainly, Lord, today, give us ears that hear. Give us eyes that see you as you are and as we are in in light of who you are, Lord. Thank you for this this word, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, last week, we left Jesus with this disreputable woman pouring oil and, and, and perfume on his feet and, and washing with, his, with her tears because she had been forgiven so much, so she loved so much. And Jesus leaves that place and he traveled about from one town and village to another proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Chusa or Husa, Uh, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. Now, these women were helping to support them out of their own means. And while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path, and it was trampled, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants, and still others fell on good soil. It came to yield up a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And his disciples asked him him what this parable meant. And he said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. And this is the meaning of the parable. He goes on, the seed is the word of God. And those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And those on the rocky ground are those who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but, but they have no root, and so they believe for a while, and, the, and in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those who, with a noble heart and good heart, hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And then he finishes and says, no one lights a lamp and hides it under a clay jar or 
puts it under a bed. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in can see the light. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that, we not, excuse me, that will not be known or brought out into the open. And therefore, consider carefully how you listen. Because whoever has will, will be given more. And whoever does not have, even what they think they have, will be taken from them. Those are, it's kind of a sobering finish there. And so Jesus is moving on. He's, he, he's, he's got the 12 with him. There's three women and others. It's interesting that he names the women. He, he, he lays that out by name. And I, I just want to say that it's important for us to understand that, that women from the very beginning of Jesus's ministry have always had a significant role, not only in supporting, but in, in participating in the ministry. And these, the doors here at Grace would not be open if it weren't for faithful women down through the ages that have been serving and partnering in the gospel. And, and I just want to say that yesterday, Shannon was upstairs leading a ministry that feeds people across the street. Uh, man, that is every bit as important. I mean, that's, that's doing the work of the kingdom. So let's hear it for the women, okay? Props to the ladies. I, uh, we love you guys and, and love ministering together with you. It's always been like that. And so... Jesus is traveling around and he's, he's preaching what they call the, the, or he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, if you haven't been with us, um, let me, uh, just quick, the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God that, that broke into this dark and broken world when Jesus arrived and is continuing to grow and grow and, and will finally be realized when Jesus returns. So that's why when we talk about the kingdom of God, we say it's already here, but it's not yet fully here. It's breaking out all over the place, but it's not without resistance. And, and Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom that's absolutely revolutionary. It's, it's like no earthly kingdom that the world is, has seen, either in the way it works or in how it arrived. Think about the way earthly kingdoms arrive down through the ages. Right? They, they, they come in with power and coercion and manip manipulation and force. And you are, you are forced to submit to that kingdom. When the, when the Roman emperor rolls onto the scene, right, he, he, he takes and dominates a whole area. And if you don't submit to his authority or if a rebellion rises up, man, it's squashed. Right? You, either, you either submit and join or die, or at very best, are pushed to the outskirts of that society without any benefits of the kingdom. There was no hashtag resist in that day, right? I mean, you resisted, the, 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 the boot came down on you, and it was over. That's, that's how kingdoms generally work, but the kingdom of God is completely different than that. It didn't come with coercion, violence, and force. And that's why Jesus, when he's about to get a death sentence dropped on him by Pilate concerning his kingdom, he says, look, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. It's, it's completely different than anything this world has ever known. And this is why sometimes we refer to the kingdom of God as an upside down kingdom. Right? Because the greatest in the kingdom of God becomes least and serves all. And, and the kingdom of God as a foundation is, is things like forgiveness and mercy. It's where instead of retaliating against your enemy, you love your enemy and you pray for them. It's where the, the outsiders or um, 
Even ethnic outsiders kneel down to help half-dead strangers that they find in ditches. I mean, this is how the kingdom of God works. It's where humility is exalted. It's completely upside down from the way that our world generally works. And, And this is key. The kingdom of God is entered into and embraced by hearing a word. Right? Hearing God's word. And that word goes down inside and and begins to transform and and, and renew and restore the lives of individuals that become part of the kingdom collectively. It's it's by hearing. It's optional. And it's not just about being saved from our sins. It is that. I mean, Jesus is moving towards the cross, right? Where, where, where where, Where he will take the sins of the world upon himself and to all who will receive him, he will give them the right to become children of God. That's definitely core to the kingdom, but it's not just that. It's about our healing and restoration beginning right now. It's not just about when we die, and it's about now. It's about emotionally and physiologically and socially and, and intellectually and, and even physically at times being restored in this world that we live in. And so the kingdom of God is actively at work here and now. And Jesus has come to bring that kingdom. And so he comes teaching in parables, these stories. Now, if, if you don't know what a parable is, the, the word parable simply means to cast alongside. So he's taking, Jesus' parables are stories that he's casting alongside a truth in order to illustrate that truth. That, that's, that's what he's doing. And so the question, well, why would he do that? Why would he speak in parables? And Luke gives us two reasons here. That his parables both reveal and conceal the secrets or mysteries concerning the kingdom of God. They, 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 they reveal and they also conceal at the same time. It's a little confusing, but hopefully we can clear this up. These disciples have received a, free, a, a rare gift. And not only them, but all who will actually hear. The, the knowledge of the secrets have been given to those with ears to hear. The disciples specifically in this context. And, and so... They're they're called secrets, not because it's some weird, obscure kind of thing, only for some super elite people. They're secrets because they're they're God's secrets, okay? In other words, they wouldn't understand what Jesus is talking about unless he told them what these parables meant. So it's, it's secret in that way. And he can choose to divulge or withhold from whoever he sees fit. And so in his grace and mercy... He enlightens these disciples and he tells them, this is what the kingdom's like. This is what's going on. This is why I'm here. And I think it's important for us to understand that that he wasn't under any um, obligation to tell them anything. And and this is a trigger warning for some of you, but um, God is not obligated to tell us anything. Do you guys realize that? I mean, he's God. He's not obligated and, and that rubs us wrong. We don't like that, but, but it's true. I mean, think about the context. Jesus is coming into this world. It's a dark, hostile world where, where those, those who are supposed to be righteous, these religious leaders, are, are as corrupt as, as the rest of society, right? They're all about their riches. They're all about being seen in these places. They're not taking care of the fatherless, the widow, and the poor, or, or the, the, the orphans. And they're not doing what they should be doing. They're not doing righteousness. They're not doing justice, They're exploiting others for personal gain. They're using power and manipulation and coercion, just like the rest of the world. And some have outright 
turn their backs on God. And so this is the world Jesus is coming into, a world of darkness. And, and the disciples aren't much better. I mean, these guys aren't what we'd call a bastion of righteousness, right? I mean, Matthew's ripping people off a chapter or two ago. He's this tax, you know, he's, he's, he's exploiting people. And so these guys aren't perfect people that Jesus is just handpicking. They're people like you and me. They got issues. And, and the others following. I don't know what it takes to pick up seven demons, but you've got to be dealing with some pretty dark stuff. And so this is the world Jesus is coming into. And, and he would be right to condemn sin. He would be right to condemn um, rebellion against his father. Some people taking the very lives that he's given them and living as if he wasn't even there. So he comes into our darkness and he brings light and he comes with mercy and grace with the message of hope for all who will hear. But not all, all will hear, hear you guys. I mean, there's many who resist his message. And John tells us in chapter three why this is. He says, light has come into the world. That is Jesus, his word, his message. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that, that their deeds will be exposed. Light exposes darkness. When we're screwing around and we're involved in things that we know we shouldn't have, the last thing we do is someone, want someone to flip the lights on, right? I mean, just keep our secrets to ourselves. And this is the world Jesus has come into. And so many don't want to come to the light and be healed. They want to stay in the darkness. And there's a hardness there, which is why Jesus quotes Isaiah when he's, when he's, um, when, when he's speaking to this, this crowd. He says, seeing they may not see, hearing they may not understand. There, there's a people in this day that are just like the people of Isaiah. In Isaiah's time, familiar, familiar at all with the Old Testament, Isaiah is a prophet that God sent into the world to preach a message, and the message was judgment, it was judgment because these people had continually refused the word of God. They continually resisted God. And so he said, enough. I'm going to send you to preach. And you, you proclaim this message. And look, they're never going to listen to you. They're never going to hear what you're saying. No preacher wants that job. But that's the job Isaiah had. And, and that's what's going on here. There's going to be people that hear the word of God that don't want to hear the word of God. And they, they don't want to hear, and they keep not wanting to hear. So there's people that ultimately, when they can understand, choose not to understand. There's, there, there's a time comes when they won't understand. They hear the words. But the beauty of the gospel, that, that message never gets down into the heart of the soil and it begins to create something new and beautiful. Now, some of you right now might be thinking, that's a little harsh, man. Doesn't God care? How can he be like this? Right? Some of you have this picture of God as just this angry guy who loves to dole out judgment. But man, all over the scripture, you see the heart of God. You see it in the prophet Ezekiel, who's speaking for God, who says, do I take any pleasure in the death of the wicked? Do you think I'm enjoying this? My paraphrase. Do you think I like seeing this? No. Rather, am I not pleased when they turn from their ways and live. I mean, this is what he wants. He wants people to abandon their wickedness, abandon the extortion, and come into the light where he can actually heal and restore. But there's some people that, that will never come. And because of that, they stand 
condemned. And so Jesus has harsh words for these Pharisees. He says, look, you guys are hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces, and you, you, you yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those who are trying to enter. Not only are you not going in, you're, you're blocking the way for all these other people. You're so concerned with yourselves and your power and your, all your, your piousness. <laughs> you're shutting the door. It's all about you and your blind guides. And it's not like Jesus is excited about this. Later in that chapter, he says, look, Jerusalem, you guys who kill the prophets, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I mean, it's a really tender picture. Man, I wish I could have just brought you in. But you were not willing to come in. And so all through the scripture, there's this trajectory of people, not all, but, but people that refuse to hear the words of God. And because they do, there's a hardness. And this is ultimately culminated in the rejection of Jesus Christ, the very son of God. God sends his son. Surely they'll listen to him. And they reject and they see Jesus giving sight to the blind. They see Jesus healing the lame. The, the deaf are hearing. The blind are seeing. Even the dead are being raised to life. Demonstrating the power of his kingdom and the, his authority as king. But they're not having it. They're not seeing it. They didn't want to hear the words. They rejected why they could understand and now they are not going to understand. Look, you guys, it's a judgment and that's heavy. That's, that, that, this is heavy. And I think there's a strong warning for all of us here today, and that is this. If we continue to reject the word of God, if we continue to not listen to it, to trivialize it, and not internalize it, and put ourselves under the word of God, there will come a day when you will not be able to hear it anymore. There'll be such a callousness on your ears, it'll just be like, whatever, and you won't want to hear it. And that's the most frightening place you could ever be. And so, man, don't let that happen. Don't let that happen to you. And this is why Jesus is standing out there and he's calling out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. It's an invitation. It's an invitation. So Jesus goes on, he explains the parable. He says, there's four ways that people are gonna hear me. He's not only teaching his disciples what, how people are gonna respond to the message because they're getting ready to get sent out and they're gonna become the sower. But he's teaching, I think, us today. And, and I think it's a, it's a call for us to examine how we're listening. Jesus is the sower of the word here. The word, or Jesus, he's the sower of the seed. The seed is the word of God. And the four soils are four type of hearts, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it. How are you hearing the word of God? So the first we're going to call a hard and careless heart. Right? This, is the, this is the seed that falls along the path. These are people that hear the word of God and it's in one ear, out the other. It makes no difference on their lives. It's like it hits the hard pan and it bounces off and it gets crushed, right? It, the, the soil rejects the seed, the, the heart rejects the word. That, that's what Jesus is saying here. They, they hear it and it's like, this is ridiculous, it's stupid. We see Paul in Corinthians. There's people that, that hear the message of the cross and to them it's foolishness. And they're perishing and they don't even realize it. I don't care. Some people are like that. Some people hear God's word 
like that. The Pharisees of Jesus' day, they would fall into this crowd. They, they weren't having it. We, we think of stringent atheists of our day that are just rail against God. But, but it's not only them. It can be people right here. It can be some of you that, that are here today that have, maybe you come here week after week. Maybe you've been involved in other churches. Maybe you've heard the word of God all your life and it's gone in one ear and out the other. And, and theoretically you think, ah, it's not a bad idea. But there's no, there's no penetration into your heart. The gospel has never gone down and, and begin, to, begin to produce life in your heart. It's a merely intellectual exercise for you. I mean, that's possible. That happens. And, and Jesus says that, that there's, there's some dark spiritual forces that, that are at work. He says the devil himself, I mean, the, 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 Satan himself is hell-bent on grabbing any seed that bounces off of the hard hearer, the hard heart. And he's going to pick that up. He's going to get, yeah, let me get that out of your way. You don't want to hear that. You don't want to hear that. And it leaves you in a perilous situation. And, and according to Christ, man, the stakes couldn't be higher. Because it's hearing, that's how we enter into the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is eternal. And so some, I mean, may, maybe you've been hearing this way. Maybe you've, all your life, you've heard the word of God. It's, it's come in one ear, out the other. It hasn't really made a significant impact on your life. That's possible. So you could be hearing like this. Another heart is what we call the shallow heart. This is, this is the person who hears the word and something actually happens. There's, there's, there's growth there, right? They get excited. I mean, sometimes I've seen this with students we've taken to camp. They go to camp, we get them out of the world and, and, and they hear the gospel and I see, man, there's excitement there. And they, start, they, they even start growing. But they have an inadequate understanding of what the gospel's actually calling them to. So as soon as any, any trouble or testing or pressure comes upon them, then, then they bail, right? As soon as, it, it, well, because rocky soil, after all, it can't sustain when the sun's high in the sky and there's no moisture in the ground, the plant withers. That's the, that's the idea, that's the picture. And, and I, know, I know a lot of students and I love working with students. Some students I've known that have actually walked away from the Lord, but it's never been because of persecution from the outside world because of the word. Oftentimes what happens is I'll see a student walk away from the Lord because of, not, not because of the persecution because of the word, but because they feel perse persecuted by the word. Right, they come into conflict, they come under conviction of the scriptures and they're, they're, they're called to choose, man, following Jesus looks like this, but you're gonna have to let go of some things. And they realize, ah, that's, that's, that's too much. And they walk away. Or maybe they're actually really experiencing pressures and temptations and this and that, and instead of letting those things push them towards Jesus, who could give them answers and, and, and comfort and, and all those things that he promises, they walk away and say, you know, the Christianity thing, it really wasn't for me. I'm just not, it just didn't work for me. Well, yeah, that's because it's not a thing, it's a him. I mean, Jesus has come and he wants to enter into a deep relationship with you. What other relationships do you just, yeah, throw away? Right, I mean, this could be the most important, but, but many people respond to God's word. It's superficial faith and it doesn't last and it doesn't, it isn't what the sower is looking for. And then finally, the divided and distracted heart. This is the heart that, this one's a little tricky because it, it doesn't, the, the seed doesn't uh, 
this, this seed seems to stick around. Right? And the, but, but the problem is, it starts competing with the thorns for the nutrients in the soil. And, and so, so the, the, the message, the seed, the word of God never takes priority in the ground. And it's fighting, it's fighting, and finally it's choked out. And, and it's not that this type of hearer doesn't understand. I mean, they might even see their need. Yeah, I need a savior. I, I, I'm, I'm not just looking for solutions like, like the second soil. I'm not just looking for you to take care of all my problems Right? I'm not just selectively hearing and I just want the good things and none of the hard stuff. No, they actually might understand. The problem is with these people is, is not that they don't understand what the word's calling them to. It's just that they're not willing to pay the price. And so this can look in a lot of different ways. I mean, there's, there, there's a million ways you guys realize we could illustrate these, these points. I've talked to students who, have, who I love to death and have been growing and they're growing in the gospel and they don't want to stop sleeping with their girl or boyfriends and then they come to me and wonder, man, but I, I feel this conviction and I'm just not, not experiencing the power of Jesus in my life. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there are some costs to following him. There's some things you have to lay down or set aside. I mean, God's, God's good and God's evil, God's right and God's wrong kind of trump yours. But the pleasures of this world, nah, it chokes them out. No, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm still over here. Or some of you guys make a ton of money, which is awesome. But hey, mo' money, mo' problems, right? You guys know? And so, so sometimes you spend all of your best efforts at your work, your businesses. You, you ladies have, have, have businesses and, and meetings and all these things. And, and, and there's all this going on. And it consumes all of your best hours. You're up at night, right? And you're, you're just grinding late. And, and you're always going to get to the word, but, but you never really can. Oh, an occasional tweet, you know, you, you, you'll pop up a quick tweet. But look, that's not going to cut it, man. And you, you, this, this seed will get choked out. It gets choked out by, by, by the, the worries and the riches. Worries is another one. That's interesting because there are also some of you, and I say some of you, I'm saying some of us, okay? All of us are in these. Um, some of us are so consumed with worry about what people are thinking about us, what we look like, right? You spend all that time on your social media accounts making sure you're just, look, you, you're keeping up with the Joneses and my family's great and this and that and it's exhausting and you never cast your cares on the one who cares for you more than you ever know and it chokes the word of God out of your life. And the very thing that, that all these other worries and all these other things are promising to give you if you get enough or if you get everything just right, the word of God would, would give you that, but it gets choked out. Now, it's at this time where someone will ask me, um, hey, Matt, so the third soil, though, they're, they're, that's, they're, they're saved, right? Wrong question. That is the complete wrong question. Only the fourth soil the, the first three soils in this parable are not conducive to growing seed that leads to a harvest. None of them are. None of them are. And so it's not good to be someone who's hard of hearing and under the influence of the evil one. It's not good to have a superficial, superficial ears who only wants to hear the good things, but when pressure comes, you're out. It's not good to have your life, the, the word of God, choked out by all these other competing things in your life. None of those are good. Only the fourth soil. Only the soil that he describes as, as, as the honest and good heart. Only this soil is the one that receives the seed, the word of God. 
and, and, and it hangs on to it. Look, he says it, it retains the seed. It hears the word, it retains the word, it perseveres, right? It doesn't just, it doesn't bail when things get tough, it hangs around, and, and because it does that, it produces a, a crop. And so it's not like they don't have, it's not like there's not uh, outside influence. It's not like the enemy doesn't want to snatch this up. No, he does. These people have just learned how, when the lies come, to battle them with the truth of the word of God. And these people, when the pressures and struggles and temptations and trials come, instead of running from Jesus, this group has learned to run to Jesus and wrestle even with their own sin in their lives, instead of trying to hide, no, they run to the light and say, Jesus, here I am, look at me, I'm a wreck again. What's going on? And Jesus says, come here, I've come to heal you. I wanna, I, yeah, I died for those sins. Why do you keep playing around in that? And they persevere and they grow. I was in Andrew, um, Andrew, Andrew's dad's. I was in Aaron Sandstrom's office the other day. He has an accounting thing down in um, Gresham. And on his wall, he's got the S&P index from like 1900 till current. And so this is our financial, right? And so, so you look at this thing and, and it's going up and then boom, Great Depression, and then boom, oil embargo. And then, you know, I hate to bring this one up, but 2008, right? All, we know that was there. But, but I thought that's, that's a good picture of, of this, of a, of a Christian life that perseveres over time. There's gonna be issues, we're gonna fall. We're not gonna get it all right. But, we, but as you look back on your life, there should be a consistent growth. And the best way to do this is when we do it in community. You get people in your life that, that help you. Those are the ones that persevere. Those are the ones that hear the word of God and they hang on to it when things go south. And that's what Jesus is looking for. None of the other soils are gonna, are gonna cut it. It's the one who in truth and integrity listens to even the hard things, even the things they don't understand. And, and they bring their doubts and they wrestle and they hang and they grow. Those are the ones who are actually entering into the kingdom. And it begins by hearing the word. So how are you hearing the word of God? I mean, that's a really good question for us today. Are you like, does, is it like, nah, I don't even really care. Are you done, Matt? Are you done? Can we go? Snatch. I mean, is that you? Or are you the kind of person that, man, no, I love Jesus. He's awesome. And he gives me everything I need. And then as soon as something doesn't, you're out of there. You're looking for something else. I've been there. Are you so consumed with your business and, and, and the worries of this world and your social media accounts and all those things that are just constantly, I mean, believe me, I know our feeds are probably going off right now. Compared to the word of God, it doesn't matter. I mean, look, you gotta work. Yes, I get it. You, you have to take care of your family. I mean, there's lots of things we have to do, but listen, strive, struggle to keep the word of God a priority in your life. You gotta work at it. You gotta work at it, but, but everything that's worth something, it's gonna cost you, right? We know this. Or are, are you the fourth soil? And listen, this is by the grace of God. By the grace of God, are you the fourth soil? Is, are you hearing his word weekly? Are you wrestling with it? You're not perfecting it, you, but, but you're growing. You're here. You're honest about your, your faults. You're, you know, when the storms of life come, you haven't built on sand, you've built on rocks, so you're hanging in there. Man, if that's you, praise the Lord. 
because that's what Jesus is looking for. And so what do you do if that isn't where you're at? I'll tell you what you do. You call out to, you call out to a God who has more mercy and grace than you ever know. And like David, you say, God created me a clean heart. Give me a heart that hears. I see myself in that. I am getting choked out. Your word is choked out of my life. I am a, a half-hearted Christian. Or I haven't cared. I haven't given a rip about your word. May today be the day. Because his desire is that he wants to put a new heart in you. I and mean, we read about this throughout the scripture over and over again. He wants to give you life. But he won't force it on you. It's not like the kings of this world. He's not going to force it on you. It's your choice. Thank you for listening to Sermon Audio from Grace Community Church. For more information about service times and ways to connect, visit us online at gracecc.net.